0: Amen. Well, once again, thank you all for being here with us. Thank you for everybody tuning in online. If you are a guest with us this morning, my name's Tim. I'm a pastor here of CF, and I'm just so thankful that you would come and choose today, especially on Easter Sunday, to worship with us. There are a lot of Bible-believing, gospel-preaching, wonderful churches in this city. Uh, And so for you to join us, whether online or in person, means a great deal to us. Um, I'd like to thank uh, a lot of people, everybody that helped make This weekend, either Good Friday as well as our Good Friday service, as well as this morning, happened. Um, John and Vadim were here early cleaning and and taking care of things. Amy uh, and Bob helped set up and make the place look beautiful over the weekend. Uh, Amy, as always, did a ton of work to help with making Good Friday happen. Um, My wonderful wife, Sarah, jumped in at the last minute to help us with worship uh, and leading worship. So thank you for everybody who helped uh, make this weekend go. Thank you so, so very much. Um, Christ is risen he is risen indeed today we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ we celebrate freedom we celebrate life we celebrate the greatness of the person and work of Jesus we celebrate the supremacy of Jesus we celebrate the reality that no other man no other religion no other spiritual notion can do what Jesus did what Jesus does because Jesus changes everything I mean, he changed the way we count time. He changed the way we track the years. He changed the way that art was created and viewed and looked upon. He changes how people engage with one another, how people engage with the world around them, with how people engage with God himself. Jesus changes everything. And this morning, you're going to have the opportunity to respond to that reality by being changed yourself and accepting the free gift of grace offered to you by God himself. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump in together. Let's bow your heads and pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this day where we get to celebrate, we get to worship, we get to enjoy you. God, every Sunday is a a little reminder, a little taste of the resurrection. Every Sunday is to be a resurrection Sunday, but this one especially, this Easter Sunday, where we remember, where we rejoice, and we reflect on the empty grave, And the power of the resurrection of Jesus, the new life, the free gift of grace that is offered to us through Christ at the cross. Lord, we thank you. God, we celebrate and we, Lord, we just enjoy you. We thank you for loving us so much that you would send your son to die for us. God, I pray that this morning is that day for somebody, for multiple people, not only here, not only within our city, but around the world as your church is open. For business today as we are open to celebrate as we are open to proclaim the good news of the gospel that we are not dead in our trespasses and sins but God loved us so much he would send his son to die for us Lord I pray that today is that day for multiple people for many people that today is that day they look back on years from now and remember this was the day where you changed their lives where you changed their entire existence where you changed generations of families where hard hearts were softened, where walls were brought down, where people would come to meet you and know you as Father and Savior and Lord. That today is that day where they would come to accept the free gift of grace being offered through Jesus at the cross and in his resurrection. Lord, as I preach this morning, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be glorifying to you. We pray all of these things because of Jesus and in his name. Amen. Jesus changes everything. That's the theme for this morning. The first thing we're going to talk about is that Jesus changes our spirituality. In Matthew 5.17, Jesus says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Jesus came to do what the law couldn't do, to give us a right relationship with God. See, the law that was given to the Israelites way back in the Old Testament, thousands of years before Jesus even showed up, The law that was given was never intended to be the final, actual mode or means of salvation. It couldn't be. When you are sick and you go to the doctor, they run tests to see what's wrong. They might give you an MRI or a CT scan or an X-ray. These things don't heal you. They don't cure what's wrong. No, they show you what the problem is. They reveal the thing that is wrong so that it can be treated. The law shows us what is wrong. It reveals our sinful hearts, our sinful motives, our selfish, sinful desires. It reveals our desperate need for some serious life-saving intervention. How could the blood of goats and bulls and pigeons truly take the place of us, the ones who God created, formed, and gave dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air? It couldn't, it doesn't make sense. And as the writer of Hebrews tells us in chapter 10, The law was but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities. The law and the prophets, what was there for the Israelites for generations, was there to point them forward to something better, to someone better who was going to come and be that final sacrifice. Christ came to do what the bulls and the rams and the goats couldn't do. But the problem is that the the law gave us these tangible tasks. The law gave us these items to check off. Don't eat this. You should wear this. You should celebrate this holiday in this way on this day. Don't murder. Don't covenant. Don't covet. Honor your father and mother. It gave us these tangible to-do items. It created in us as humans this illusion of control and power. Why do I need God? I can do this on my own. As long as I'm a good person... I'll be fine. Why do I need God? Why do I need the church? Why do I need community if I can just do it all on my my own? I'm good enough, smart enough, nice enough, helpful enough. I got this. I know what's best for me. I can do it on my own. I'm in control. But you don't know what is best for you. You don't got this because the spiritual MRI of the law tells us we have a serious sin problem in our hearts and soul left untreated, will lead to permanent and eternal death. The law was this cycle of sin and death, sin and death, over and over again. But the sacrifice of Jesus was enough. He said so himself on the cross, it is finished, and the resurrection proved it. No more sacrifices were needed. No more blood. No more death. That's why we don't have to sacrifice a lamb here this morning. We're all dressed in our finest. It would get real messy real quick. We don't need to do that. Jesus took care of it for us. Jesus changes our spirituality. In his death, in his resurrection, it's not about what you and I can do for God. It's about what God has already done for us. What he did was die on the cross, paying the penalty for our sins in our place giving us a new and right relationship with God for those who would put their faith in the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Our spirituality is no longer based on the works of the priests or the death of a goat, but the finished work of Jesus and his death and resurrection. Jesus changes everything. He changed not only our spirituality but he changed every element of how we engage with God because we are no longer separated our very identity has been changed we are no longer separated from God we are no longer rebels and enemies against God but we are those in Christ are his sons and daughters we are free and welcome into the presence of God for any reason at any time Jesus changes everything he changes our spirituality second thing we're going to talk about this morning is Jesus changes our reality. In Luke 4, we read that one day Jesus did as he was used to doing. He walks into the temple and he stood to read. Back then, pastors had it a lot easier. Different rabbis would come in and do the teaching every week. You only had to teach like once every couple of weeks. It was a pretty sweet deal. Jesus comes in, does what he was used to doing. He stands up and he reads the scroll. And that day's passage was from the prophet Isaiah. This scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus came to save us from the wrath of God towards sin. And that is definitely true. Amen and amen. He came to give us eternal life with God. Also, absolutely 100% true. Yes. What we like to say at CF is that the gospel saves us from hell. Yes, but it also saves us to be a blessing to others. Meaning that the gospel is for now. It's not just a for a later thing. It's not just for a, when I get stuff figured out, then I'll get right with God. Or maybe on my deathbed, if I have the chance, then I'll take care of it. It's not for later. It's not just for eternity. It's for now. Because God cares about your life here and now. He cares about your physical life. Your existence matters. You matter There is this belief, this idea that the physical world is evil and broken and it's only our spirit that is good. That God only really cares about your spirit and that's just not true. If you spend time reading the Gospels and you see Jesus interact, he's yes, forgiving sins, yes, proclaiming the good news, but he's also healing the sick. He's giving sight to the blind. He's feeding the hungry. He cared for people's physical needs. Because God cares about us in the here and now. Your pain, your suffering, your hurts, they matter to God because you matter to God. Whether or not you are a Christian, you were created in the image and likeness of God. You have value and worth to you just by existing. You matter to God and your existence matters to him. And Jesus changes our reality here and now. He affects it here and now. I mean, just... For instance, last Easter, there was eight people in this room. Even the ability to gather and connect was taken from us. We didn't even have the option to have people in the room. And here we are a year later, and while we're not completely out of the mess yet, we can see Jesus changes our reality. We can see Jesus is at work doing something. And even beyond the physical, Jesus is changing our reality in other ways as well. Jesus changes us here and now. In Second Corinthians five seventeen, Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and he tells them, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come." What does "in Christ" mean? Simply put, it means Christian. It means anyone who has put their faith in Jesus' life, death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of their sins, you have been grafted into the family of God. You are a daughter or son of God. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. See what Paul writes there. See what God writes there. You are a new creation, not refurbished, not repainted, not slightly used. You are new, something completely different, fresh out of the wrapper, brand new. Does it mean we're perfect? No, no. it means God is creating within us a new heart and a new mind and something different, something unlike what we were. Christ is doing a work to change us and change how we interact with the world. And it's with, through him. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. If we're going to be made new, if we're going to have this new heart, new desires, new mind, we can't hang on to what was. We can't hang on to the old. What's the whole point of cleaning out your closet or cleaning out the fridge? To make way for new stuff. we got to get rid of what is old so we have room for what is new. And then Paul says, behold. That word behold, when you see that in the Bible, that's an imperative. That's stop. That's pay attention to what I'm about to say. Slow down. Look at this. The new has come. New life has come new hope has come it's not on its way it's not tentatively going to get here soon it's not going to be here in two days with free shipping no the resurrection has brought us new life and it's here now if you are a christian your identity is wrapped up in christ it is not wrapped up in your role in your job or the role in your family If you are a Christian, your identity is not the sin that you have committed, nor the sins that have been committed against you. In the New Testament, there's about three times where a writer of the New Testament is talking to Christians, talking to the church, and deals directly with their sin as something that is affecting them in the here and now. But comparatively to those three times, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of times in which the Christian is referred to as a saint, is referred to as righteous, That's the reality of who we are now. Yes, we sin. Yes, we will fall short of the glory of God. No, we are not perfect. But those in Christ, in the sight of God, your reality, your identity is wrapped up in Jesus. Paul goes on a couple of verses later in 2 Corinthians 5.21 and he says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. At the cross, Jesus, who was fully God and fully man, takes our sin. He takes all of it, every sin from Adam and Eve in the garden, biting into that fruit, messing it up in the first place, every sin up to the cross, and every sin that will be committed until Christ comes back and he pays the penalty for all of it. He dies for all of it. And that is as if that weren't enough, as if he hadn't gone to enough extremes for us. He gives us his righteousness. His right, perfect, holy, set apart, standing with God, he gives that to us. It's been called by Martin Luther, the great exchange. I call it the most lopsided trade in the history of all existence. If you are a Christian, you are new. You are different. You are righteous, and you are his. Jesus changes everything. He changes our reality. Thirdly, I want to close with the fact that Jesus changes our eternality. Yes, it is a word. I didn't make it up for the rhyme scheme. Jesus changes our eternality. In Luke 23, I know it's Resurrection Sunday, but I want to take us back to the cross for just a minute. In Luke 23, it says, One of the criminals who were hanged next to Jesus railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God? Since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we are receiving our due rewards for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. So I thought and prayed about what I wanted us to talk about, what I wanted our this sermon should be about this morning. It was this interaction right here that kind of led me thinking about how Jesus changes everything. Because this man hanging on this cross, he did nothing to earn or win or impress his way to heaven. He couldn't. He didn't have time. He was literally dying on a cross, suffocating. He couldn't do enough to outweigh his good against his bad to try and shift his cosmic karma as if that were a thing. He couldn't serve enough. He couldn't be nice enough. He was stuck, literally. He was destined for hell, destined for eternity, separated from God. He had no other outs. He was stuck. He had one thing left he could do he could believe. And he did. We don't know his full theological stance on the atonement or baptism or the Trinity or any other theological thing, roadblock, that we make it difficult for people to become Christians and we try and exclude one another. We know that this man knew that his place on the cross was justified. He knew he was a sinner and rebel and enemy of God. He knew he was the exact kind of person who deserved to end up on the cross. He admitted his guilt. But he also admitted his need for help. He cried out to Jesus for help. And what does Jesus tell him? He says, today you will be with me in paradise. Not, sorry man, you're too broken. Too messed up. You're too bad. You're too sinful. You haven't done enough good things. You're too imperfect. No, Jesus says, I got you. You're mine. You're with me. Think about it for a second. In real time, the very sins that the thief had committed that put him on his cross next to Jesus, in real time, Jesus was dying for that sin. Those sins that that thief had committed, Jesus was in the process of paying the penalty to God for. Jesus died for you and for me and for that thief, and because that thief cried out to Jesus for help, his eternality, his eternity was changed. The thief couldn't do anything himself. The only way his eternity was going to change was by and through the work, love, and grace, and mercy of Jesus. Jesus changes our eternality. It's not us. It's not you. It's not me. It's Jesus and him alone. The only way that we can have eternity with God is by grace through faith. It's why we got it on the wall. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And you know it's important, because it's in fancy font, and it says the word lest. So you know you got to pay attention. It's by grace you have been saved. It's not about us. It's not about our works. It's not about what we can do. Your eternity, your eternal standing with God depends on where you stand with Jesus. It depends on the abundant, never-ending, ever-flowing grace and mercy and love of Jesus that he is offering to you today. And he won't run out of it. He won't hold any of it back. He won't ration it out in doses. He gives freely and completely all of it to those who would admit their need for him, believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, and choose him to be your Lord and Savior of your life. Jesus changes everything. The hungry, he changed to fed. The thirsty, he changed to quenched. The storms, he changed to calm. The doubts, he changed to assurances. The blind, he changed to seeing. The lame, he changed to dancing. The sick, he changed to well. The possessed, he changed to freed. The hopeless, he changed to hope-filled. The orphan has been changed to adopted. The lost, he has changed to found. Our debt, he has changed to paid. Our sin, he has changed to forgiven. The full grave, he has changed to empty. And our lives, our hope, our very identity has been changed to being found in, wrapped in, grounded in him. Jesus changes everything. Some of you this morning don't know him like that don't know the power of the resurrection to change everything to bring hope and life and newness some of you are still betting on yourself are still convinced that this is all just a work it's all just a show you're betting on something or someone other than jesus and today like i said at the top i want to give you an opportunity to be changed by jesus in a moment i'm going to pray And as I pray, you can repeat the words after me. If you want to become a Christian, if you would like to be a child of God and changed by him this morning, I invite you to pray the words that I pray. You can do it in your head. You don't have to do it out loud. Jesus knows your heart. He knows what's going on in you. If you are a believer, if you have already put your faith in Jesus, But I invite you to pray along with me and pray for those who for this morning, it's going to be that day. This right here could be that moment for them. So I'm going to pray. And like I said, if you want to accept the free invitation of grace and mercy that Christ is offering to you today, you can repeat the prayer after me. So let's pray. God, on this Easter, I admit I need you. I confess my sins to you. I confess my self-righteousness to you. I confess that I have lived thinking I know better than you, and I'm tired of it. Lord, I need you. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose again, and I thank you, God, for that great love. I believe it is through Jesus alone that I can be saved. God, I choose to trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of my sins. Heavenly Father, I pray that this morning is that day. That there are those who have prayed that prayer. And who have chosen to walk in your family, walk in your light. Who have chosen to turn to you and find their rest. And God, for all of us on this Resurrection Sunday, Lord, I pray that we not only remember, but live in light of the reality that Jesus changes everything. That we have a new life, a new identity, a new hope and a new grace and a new mercy. And because of those things, because we have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, we in turn can reflect those things to this broken and dark world. God, you call us the lights of the world. It's hard to be a light. Sometimes it's really hard to shine. God, help us to shine our lights. Help us, give us the energy. Give us the boldness. Give us the courage to be able to reflect you to this world, to point people to you, to live in light of this gospel that we claim to believe. Lord, we thank you and praise you. Amen.